Uh, recently, if you've been around, it's been a few weeks since I've ministered, but uh, recently I had an experience, and I felt like God was focusing my attention in this experience, and I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago on a Sunday night, the experience that I had, and I only had one other one. This is like two in my life that I've had like this, and it still has impacted my life, and I just, I really believe today we're just going to stay in some of the flow of some things that I believe the Lord has begun to show me out of that experience. And out of that experience that I, I talked about, and we're not going to go back and talk about all that, but the Lord directed me to Isaiah chapter 61. Uh, the, the, the Bible is absolutely powerful. Uh, you'll find yourself in Scripture. In fact, you need to study the Bible until you find yourself in Scripture. And what's amazing about the Bible, which is living, is that at different seasons, you'll find yourself in different places of the Bible. In Isaiah 61, I think, and I believe that we have actually, even as a church, not just this local church, but the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in our nation, I believe we see a picture of the church in Isaiah 61. And, and um, not, not only the condition of the church, and what the church needs, but, but also the mandate of what God is doing in the church and what our future looks like. And so I, I want to begin today by just reading Isaiah 61. And I just want to, I, I don't have a sermon. I've just come with some thoughts and I'm not going to yell and I'm not going to dance. I don't think I'm going to teach. I, I've come as a teacher today. And I believe it's going to help us to move forward in some things of God. But I want to read Isaiah 61 um, this, this chapter or this passage, Isaiah 61, is powerful in that um, it was the Scripture and the passage that Jesus would use and preach from regularly. In fact, when Jesus began his ministry, he actually was handed the scroll of Isaiah, and the Bible says he found where it is written, Isaiah 61, and, and that's how he started his very first message. Many times we have reason to believe that Jesus often would go from town to town or from place to place, and he would just take this text, and he would read it, and then he would preach on it, and most importantly, he would demonstrate this text. And so Isaiah 61, which is really familiar with most of us church-going people, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Now, this is a messianic prophecy. This is, this is Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, talking about the coming Jesus. He's writing this like 600 years before Jesus fulfills this in Luke chapter 4. And he's talking about the coming Messiah. He's talking about how Jesus would come and that Jesus would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and I don't want to get stuck in just kind of communicating all these things, but there is a difference between the Holy Spirit within you and the Holy Spirit upon you. The Holy Spirit comes in you when you are born again, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. The very character and the very nature of God lives on the inside of you. It's, it's through the the, the person of the Holy Spirit. But there's a whole other experience that the church needs, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes 
upon you that what's in you manifests and begins to affect your, your life. You can, have, you can have God in you and still cuss. You can, you can have God in you and still act nasty. You can have God in you and still be in strife. Oh, but if the manifestation of the Holy Spirit begins to come upon you, it's, it's hard to cuss. Ain't going to get no help today. Come on, is anybody happy about Jesus? So, so, so he's beginning to do his ministry, and he knows, notice how he's going to do his ministry, because all of Isaiah is the working of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit and what the, what the Holy Spirit has come to do in the earth. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. This is not only speaking about Jesus, but it's also speaking about you when you pick up the mantle and you're on assignment with God. For he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Comfort all who mourn. Now, it's going to shift gears here. Jesus is saying, the, 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 the prophet Isaiah is saying that the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon the, the, the ministry of Jesus, and he's going to operate in the earth, and now it's going to shift gears, and it's going to begin to prophesy what that ministry would do in the church. Here's what that anointing, the Spirit of God is going to do. It's going to console, or it's going to help those who mourn in Zion. Now, Zion is the church. That's the, that's the picture of the church. Would, would Zion need help? Would, would, would Zion find sorrow in their lives? According to this, that, that Jesus and the anointing and the ministry of Jesus and the whole working of the Holy Spirit is to, is to impact the church, to impact the church from its, its sorrow and its mourning, to help them, to give them, here, here's what we talked about weeks ago, to give them beauty for ashes. And we... We talked about that. Notice the next thing, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So, so the beginning of verse 3, God talks about a great exchange that's going to take place, that as a result of the anointing, that there's going to be an exchange that you could actually get beauty for your ashes. Oh, my that you could get joy for the, the mourning or the sorrow. That there is a, a praise that God wants to put on you, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so that, and then it begins to talk about the mission and the assignment of the church, so that the church can be the church who's been made the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I want to read the rest of it because it's powerful, but before I go on, I want to just say, it doesn't glorify God because it says, it says here, it says, trees of righteousness for the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. It doesn't glorify God for God's people to be brokenhearted. It doesn't glorify God for God's people to be depressed and discouraged. It doesn't glorify God for God's people to be in lack and need. It doesn't glorify God for God's people to be in sickness and disease. Jesus came... The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to undo the works of the devil. So, what, so, that, so that the church can be called the trees of righteousness. One translation would say oaks of righteousness. They would operate in the maturity of their righteousness. And then I want to read from the commentary version. 
says in verse 3, the, the B clause, then they would, this, this, is, this is the whole reason why you need beauty for ashes. This is the whole reason why you need joy for, for, for sorrow. This is the whole reason why you need a garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. This is the whole reason the Holy Spirit came and has anointed the Lord Jesus Christ and anointed your life. So that what? They'll be called oaks of righteousness of the plantings of the Lord so that they may display his glory. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Just talking about the church. This is the assignment of the church. Then they'll restore the places destroyed long ago. Then they'll renew the ruined cities, the places destroyed generations ago. Be easy for me to preach upon it, but that's our assignment in this city, is to see the ruins restored. How are we going to do that? We're going to get past our sorrow. We're going to get past our mourning. Come on, we're going to get past our grief, and we're going we're to allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to anoint us so that we can see revival in our community and in our city. He says, then, because of all this exchange that happens as a result of the, the anointing, they'll renew the ruined cities, the places destroyed generations ago. Then your enemies will come to care for you. Somebody ought to shout right there. Woo! Instead of talking nasty about you on social media, they're going to be showing up, knocking at your door. Can I mow your lawn for you? Nope. I am reading the Bible. Anybody believe the Bible around here? Come on, it's God speaking to you today. Come on, this will get you out of your depression. Enemies will come and care for you. You shall be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You shall be fed with the treasures of the nations and shall glory in their riches. Mm, i got to be careful. It's be easy to preach this next one. This is what's going to happen when the church is on mission, when it receives its great exchange as a result of the anointing. Instead of being put to shame, you'll receive double portion of prosperity. Instead of being dishonored, you'll be glad to be in your land. You'll receive double. Come on, double. Somebody shout double for the trouble. You'll receive double share of riches there, and you'll be filled with the joy that will last forever. Isaiah 61 is a picture or the condition of the church. And I believe much of the church in our nation is grieving. Much of our church in the, our nation is in sorrow. Much of our church in our nation is discouraged. But I'm here to tell you there's God help. It's called the anointing. It's called the Spirit of God. And God shows up in your ash pile. God shows up in your frustration. God shows up in your pain, and he makes a great exchange. He calls it beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why? So you can rebuild the ruins of your family, your home, your community, your city. Come on, somebody. It's time to be on mission. I'm here to tell you God is ready to give double for the trouble. Double for the trouble. It's a picture of God coming and touching the church. You see, before God can touch a city, he's got to touch you. Before God can fix a city, he's got to fix his people. One of the issues he says about his people, he says that the, the, the Zion, his church, is as depressed as the city is. Zion or the church is is, is, is as sorrowful as the community is. And God says, I'm going to start this move in the church in Zion. And I'm going to bring a great exchange, and I'm going to fix their ashes. I'm going to fix their sorrow. Come on, I'm going to fix their issues and their problems. Why? So they can be on mission. So they can rebuild everything that the enemy has destroyed. 
I'm here to tell you your best days are ahead. The church's best days are ahead. Come on, somebody, somebody needs to receive this today. Come on, the church is going to get stronger and brighter and bigger and greater. You have not seen the best days of the church. God's not coming back for a poor, beaten up, sick, discouraged church. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Somebody ought to shout yes. And when he's talking about the church, he's not talking about a building. He's talking about you. He wants to put joy. He wants to put peace. He wants to put deliverance. He wants to put, he wants to put double in your life. Wants to empower you with the anointing. I want you to notice now, that's all free of charge. I want you to notice Isaiah 61.3 again. This is what the anointing does, it, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Several Sunday nights ago, I talked about that because God began to reveal to me my issues with ashes. And we talked about that, and then I, I talked about some practical steps and how you you see that great exchange of God taking your ash pile and, and bringing beauty into your life. That, that's not only a promise, but there's things we need to do. And, and, and one of the first things that you need to do if, if God's going to fix your ash pile is you need to acknowledge you've got an ash pile. God can't fix anything that you will not acknowledge. Anything that you're hiding and acting like it doesn't exist, God can't fix it. And a lot of other practical things happened in the, in, in the weeks since then. And... and, and, and but, but this week, I, I want to deal with this next one. To give them beauty for ashes, notice this, the oil of joy. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy. Everybody say the oil of joy. Now, again, Isaiah 61 is speaking about the power and the workings of the Holy Spirit, not only in Jesus' life, but in the life of the church, you. And notice it says that one of the exchanges is not just beauty for ashes, but it's oil for joy. Now, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. So notice in verse 3, the Holy Spirit here is called the oil of joy. And I have an assignment to break that down for you today. Notice that, that the Spirit of God in verse 3 is called, the, this whole chapter is about the Holy Spirit's working. But notice it gives the Holy Spirit a name here, the oil of joy. Now, throughout the Bible, you'll understand that if you go study the names of God, Yahweh, there's many names that will that will characterize and, get, and enable you to understand the nature and the character and what God wants to do in your life. Uh, El Shaddai, things like that, the God that's more than enough. All these different names of Yahweh. You can go study the names of Jesus, Yeshua. And, and there's names that will describe uh, and characterize the mission, the assignment of Jesus. I, I don't think people understand that throughout the Bible, there's also the names of the Holy Spirit. I don't know that you've ever done a study on that. I've spent the last couple of weeks just really looking at all the different names uh, of, of the Holy Spirit that, that characterizes and, and informs us about the assignment of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Uh, the, the Spirit of God is called the Spirit of Grace. It's the name of the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's another name, the Spirit of Wisdom. 
The Holy Spirit is, is the spirit of understanding. That's one of his names. The Spirit of God is called the spirit of prophecy in Scripture. The Spirit of God in Scripture is called the spirit of revelation. It's called the spirit of adoption. It's called, he's called the spirit of counsel. He's called the spirit of, of might. But, but in Isaiah 61, I don't know if you've pumped the brakes long enough or paused long enough to realize that the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you is called the oil of joy. The oil, somebody shout the oil of joy. Oh, you need it a whole lot worse than you think you need it. Wait till we get done with you today. Put your seatbelt on, ushers lock the door, and keep the stream streaming. Oh, how you need the oil of joy. Some of you think you need the oil of wisdom and the oil of prophecy, but I'm here to tell you, I know what the church needs. According to Isaiah 61, in the condition we're in, we need some oil. The oil of joy. And, and that's the name of the Holy Spirit. The oil of joy. The oil of joy. The oil of joy is a type of anointing that the Holy Spirit gives. It, it, it's, it's His operation. It's His empowerment uh, that He brings into your life. You, you can be anointed with the oil of joy. Let me make sure that, that I clean up some of these Christian needs so you understand, because many times when we say anointed, what, what does that mean? To anoint uh, means uh, you, can, you can anoint people with almost anything. I, I say it all the time. You can anoint somebody with mayonnaise. To anoint means that it's just poured out, rubbed on, and smeared in. Woo! I could take some mayonnaise and pour it out. I thought about doing this illustration with, with, with Andrew, but, but, but I'm being nice today. You could take mayonnaise, pour it out, rub it on, and smear it in, and you could say he's just been anointed with mayonnaise. But I'm here to tell you, you can be anointed with the oil of joy. It could be poured out, rubbed on, and smeared in. Poured out, rubbed on, and smeared in. Uh, in fact, we say it all the time, I, I need to be anointed with what? Fresh oil. Have you ever heard that? In, church? in fact, that terminology is used throughout Scripture. Anoint me with fresh oil. I, I had a call this morning or a text message from another minister that said, I'm just declaring over you a fresh oil of anointing. A fresh oil. What is it? A, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, there's different types of oil. There's different types of of, of oil in the life of the believer that you can be anointed with. Uh, there is healing oil the Bible talks about. There, there is saving oil that the Bible talks about that, that is poured out, rubbed on, and smeared in. There's wisdom oil that is poured out, and it's all the different types in which the Holy Spirit can bring into your life. Are you following me? So, so, so to, be, to, be, to, to be touched with the fresh oil means that I'm, 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 I'm receiving the Holy Spirit uh, poured out, rubbed on, and smeared in, but you need to go more specific that there's different types of oil in which you can be anointed with. 
Oh, my goodness. You mean this is all available and we're not talking about it? Come on, somebody. There is an anointing available for you, and there's different types of oil that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out and rub into your life that will transform you forever. There again is there, there's the oil of healing. There's the oil of saving. There's an oil of wisdom. There's the oil of power. In Acts chapter 2, that's what they went to the upper room to wait for, is the dunamis, the power, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But I'm here to tell you, my assignment today and maybe in the weeks ahead is to talk to you about the oil of joy. Because until the church gets that, we're going to be stuck. We're going to be stuck in our discouragement. We're going to be stuck in our depression. We're going to be stuck in our our sorrow. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to see a smile back on his church. And it's going to take more than winning the lotto. It's going to take an anointing to anoint you. Did anybody win last night? That's why you're not smiling, right? Baby, did we win? We didn't win. Did they do it last night or is it tonight? Mrs. Han, don't act like you didn't buy any tickets now. <laughs> did we win or lose? We don't know. We might have won. We might have known it. But I'm still joyful. Did anybody else win? It's obvious you didn't win. But I'm here to tell you, if you didn't win, there's still hope. Call the oil. Come on, somebody. Call the oil. Call the oil of joy. It is what the church needs. Let me make sure I'm connecting dots. It's just foundation, and we're going somewhere today. You're welcome. One of the operations of the Holy Spirit in your life, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit in your life is to anoint you with the oil of joy. Why oil? Well, oil is the remedy for dryness. (laughs) Yeah, and some of you look pretty dry today. I got a big, heavy garage door in my house, and uh, whoever put that thing in, they just, I don't know what they were thinking. It should be in a commercial building. But, but the motor, if you're not oiling all of the springs and, the, and, 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 and all the mechanisms and all the rollers, the, 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 the garage door will do fine for a couple months, but all of a sudden, it'll start squealing. It'll start grinding. It'll start moving slow. Sometimes it'll just completely stall and quit. And then I'll have to go out there and I'll get an oil and I'll go to work on the springs and the cable and the rollers and what was grinding and and what was struggling and what was stopping before all of a sudden starts singing, starts operating, starts functioning, starts working. I, I think... I think that's a picture of the church. I think some of us are whining and grinding and stalling and quitting and stopping. I think some of us are spiritually dry. But but there's a fix for that. There's an app for that. I said there's an app for that. It's called the oil of joy. It's called the oil of joy. See, See, some of you, you just need to get oiled up with some Holy Spirit joy oil. It's obvious as I look all over this congregation, some of you are at least more than a quart. 
empty. Some of you might need two quarts. But we're going to come get oiled up today. The oil of joy is the great exchange of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you need the oil of joy poured out, rubbed in, and smeared into your life? Let me tell you why. Because it's God's answer to your mourning. He says, I'll give you the joy, oil of joy for the, what? For the mourning. The, the word mourning in Scripture means sorrow. It means sadness. It means despair. It means grief. It means discouragement. It literally means hopelessness. And God says, I can give you something that can fix your hopelessness. I can give you something that fixes your discouragement. It's not another glass of whatever you're drinking. It's not, a, not another pill that you're popping. It's not another thing that you're smoking. God says, I've got some oil. I've got, a, I've got some oil, some joy oil. And, and it can fix the despair. It can fix the grief. It can fix the sorrow. God does not want you to be stuck in your hopelessness. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit within you can anoint your life, not only with counsel, not only with answers, not only with wisdom, not only with power, but when he finds you in despair and with hopelessness and sorrow and grief because of life's battles, the Holy Spirit can begin to manifest in your life and be poured out and rubbed on and smeared in what? The joy, the joy of the Lord, the joy of God, the joy of, of heaven. Many believers have not understood just how important joy is and the role that joy plays in experiencing complete victory in your life. Joy, listen to this statement, joy is a principal requirement in order for God's supernatural intervention to show up in your life. I need that to sink in. Joy is a principal requirement. If you're going to receive anything from God, boy, you better place an importance on what I'm teaching right now. I'm going to show you in Scripture that joy is a principal requirement in order for God's supernatural help, His intervention, to show up in your life. It's, see, we think it's prayer. It's not just prayer. We, we, we think it's faith. It's not just faith. According to the Bible, joy is is an important requirement, not just prayer, not just faith, but joy is an important requirement to experiencing the power and the deliverance of Almighty God in your life, in your home, and in your family. Let, let me give you quickly, and Tom, you can just stay right there. You can just, I'm going to give you three things real quickly why joy is so important in your life. Number one, joy supplies strength. Joy supplies strength. According to the Bible, one way that strength comes into your life is by the way of joy. Nehemiah verse, chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you catch this, but... but, but the Bible says don't sorrow. Why? Because God has given a way out of that sorrow. Isn't that awesome? 
God has given you a way out of the sadness. God has given you as a believer, as a child of God, a way out of the discouragement and the depression and the grief. That's the reason why God says, do not sorrow. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is yours. There is the oil of joy that will cause you to be strong again, that will cause you to want to live again, that will cause you to want to get up out of bed again. God says you don't have to be sorrowful. Why? Because joy gives you strength. The Bible says don't be sorrowful because there's a way out. Let me read this out of a few different translations that will help us get understanding. The New Living Translation says don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The BBB e-version, uh, e the basic Bible, says this, Let there be no grief in your hearts. Th this is the Bible. See, some of that's, that's foreign to us, right? Because we live with grief. We, we live with sadness. We live with discouragement. One of the gr I'm getting ahead of myself. But the greatest witnessing tool, tool to save a lost and dying world is actually your joy. Do you really think people want what you have if you're depressed as they are? Well, why, would I, why would I go to church and waste my time if you look as depressed as I am? That's called religion, church. I said, that's called religion, and we're not called to be religious around here. Come on, we're going to get free. We're going to be joyful. We're going to experience the joy of the Lord. He says, he says, for, he says, let there be no grief in your hearts for the joy of the Lord. I like this translation, is your strong place. People talk all the time about their happy place. You know what you need is you need a strong place, not just a happy place. Right? Right? Joy is your strong place. Joy is your place of strength. What is strength? Strength is the fortitude to remain until you win. Strength is the fortitude to remain until you win. So if you have no joy, what's the result? You have no strength. If you have no strength, it is a joy problem, not a strength problem. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 24.10, if you give up when trouble comes, it shows that you have very little strength. Why are so many people quitting and giving up, giving up on their dreams, their purpose, the life that God has for them? It's because they have no strength. People are quitting because their strength is small. But according to the Bible, if your strength is small, guess what else is small? Your joy is small, and you have need of the oil of joy. Uh, your joy level determines your strength level. If you're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, you're going to need to be anointed with what the Holy Spirit has on the inside of you. It's called the oil, the oils. Come on, shout it with me. Say, the oil of joy. If you want strength for your life, strength for the world, strength for your relationships, strength for families, strength for your careers, come on, strength for your finances, it's not sleeping more. Another nap's not going to fix your problem. If you need strength for finances and health, then you need joy. You need the joy of the Lord operating in your life. 
I'm here to tell you this is a big issue and this is a big problem in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why he says, I've got to do a great exchange. I've got to give you some joy for that sorrow. I've got to give you some joy for that disappointment. I've got to give you some joy for that depression. Why? Because you'll never rebuild what I plan for you to rebuild and you'll never experience the double for all the trouble. There's joy available today. And joy is important in your life because your joy level determines your strength level. A strong person in God is a joyful person in God. That's good preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. That's some good stuff right there. Preach on, Pastor. I'm, re- I'm getting this. I know some of you wanted to shout and run the aisles. I know you just need to sit there and take some notes and learn some Bible. Your strength is determined by your joy. There is a real tangible joy that comes from God. And when it fills your life, you know what you're going to do? You're not going to be talking quitting anymore. You're not going to talk about retiring anymore. You're not going to be talking about stopping anymore. You get full of joy, come on, you'll want to take on the world. You'll want to take on that marriage issue. You'll want to take on those family issues. You'll want to take on that job issue. You'll want to start getting out of bed. You'll want to start living. A strong person is a joyful person. Why is joy so important? It determines the strength in your life. Here's number two. Joy not only supplies strength, but joy supplies health. Joy supplies health. Notice what it says here in Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know how you can just sit there and be so sad. A merry heart. A merry heart. A merry heart is what? Like medicine. But the Bible says a broken spirit dries the bone. Let me read this out of the God's Word translation. It says a joyful heart is good medicine. But depression drains one's strength. Joy is the great physician's prescription. Joy is the great physician's prescription for divine health in your life. Joy is important to sustaining your health. Joy is medicinal. Are you hearing me? It's, it's, it's what you would call spiritual medicine, and you need some. Some of you are so strung out, strung out on, on, on natural medication, but this is spiritual medication that will begin to bring health to your body. Some of you are trying to fix a physical thing that you need to fix it spiritually. Joy is spiritual medicine. It's like a doctor in the natural applying medicine to a sick patient. Joy, according to the Bible, is spiritual medication that addresses every health issue in your life. Don't just rely on natural medication. You start with spiritual medication because God's joy is spiritual medication that will begin to eradicate every form and matter of sickness and disease in your body. Where you have joy, you have spiritual medicine at work in your life. Uh, In the weeks ahead, I think I'm going to bring in, you'd be shocked what medical science is saying about joy and happiness 
and, and how it, it'll, it'll fix physical conditions in your life. Where you have joy, you have spiritual medicine at work in your life. Now, now notice it said a broken spirit uh, drives the bones. What is a broken spirit? Simply, it's a joyless spirit. It's somebody that's depressed all the time. It's somebody who's sad all the time. It's somebody that's not smiling all the time. Did you know that medical science said even a couple weeks ago, if you just start smiling, your life would be better? Come on. Everybody try it. Come on. Everybody try just a little smile. Just curve it up just a little bit. Come on. You're getting rid of diabetes right now. Come on. You're getting rid of ulcers right now. Come on. You're getting rid of... You're getting rid of migraines right now. Come on. You might shock your wife. You might shock your husband. Let me keep working through this. Come on. We, we, we're getting somewhere. How many of you need this today? Come on online. How many of you need this today? Come on. There's help here today. Somebody shout, there's help here today. A broken spirit is a, is a joyless spirit which is full of sorrow, discouragement, and full of depression. If you don't have joy in your spirit, the Bible says that joyless spirit will begin to dry your bones. Oh, my goodness. In other words, you'll begin to wither away. Like my garage door, it's just not going to operate. It's going to grind, it's going to squeal, and it's going to come to a, a, a stop. That discouragement and depression that you're putting up with, huh? It's drying, it's withering out your life. You need the oil of joy. Notice what Proverbs 18, 14 says, because your spirit man is hugely important to your physical body. It says the spirit of a man can help him through his sickness. But who can carry a broken spirit? A broken spirit is a joyless spirit. When you have a joyless spirit, you open yourself all, all up to sickness and disease in your life. Joy is God's medicine to keep you healthy and whole and healed and delivered and set free. It's God's spiritual medicine into your life to protect you from the sickness and the disease. Some of you are so faithful, so committed. If that doctor told you to take that pill three times a day and rub it on your forehead, you would do it. And yet God says, I have the oil of joy. I ha it can fix every issue in your life. And we go, oh, yeah, and act like, ah, oh, no big deal. We ought to act like this is the best thing we've ever heard since sliced bread, apple pie, and the Niners winning. Come on, somebody ought to get excited. <laughs> One of the greatest robbers of your health and vitality is sorrow, grief, depression, discouragement. Sorrow drains you of your health. It drains you of your vitality. Sorrow provides a house for sickness. But I've come to tell somebody today, we've got the answer. I said, we've got the answer. It's called the great exchange. It's called the oil of joy for the sorrow and the mourning that you've been fighting with and dealing with. Joy is the most effective antidepressant in the entire world. The oil of joy enables you to live above the sorrow, above the grief, above the depression, above the discouragement. Listen to me. If you're going to enjoy health and vitality, then you must recognize the place that joy needs to have in your life. Number one, joy supplies strength. 
Number two, joy supplies health. And number three, joy supplies victory and success. Hallelujah. How many of you just give me like 10 more minutes? We're, we're bringing this, this train to a conclusion here. Nobody said anything. How many of you just give me 10, 10 15, 20, 30, 40? Just 10 more minutes. Let's talk about this one. This is important. And we can go back, and, and, and that's my struggle as a, as a teacher when I get into teaching modes. I could really spend the whole hour just on one of those points just to go verse to verse to verse. But I felt like I just needed to, I just needed to throw the spaghetti on the wall and grab your attention to show you how important the oil of joy is to a believer's life. You need joy because joy determines your strength. Joy determines your health. And I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells us that joy determines your victory. Habakkuk, Habakkuk 3.17, it says, Even if the fig tree does not grow, figs, and there's no fruit on the vines. Even if the olives do not grow and the fields give no food, even if there are no sheep within the fence and no cattle in the cattle building. What is going on here? In this passage, the prophet is describing the condition of God's people. Um, if, you, if, you, if you really read into it, you can see the condition of the church today. This was their success. For them not to have figs meant failure. For them to not have fruit meant failure. For them to not have cattle, it meant failure in their life. And the, and the prophet here is, 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 is depicting a picture of, of God's people in the midst of their tragedy. It's a picture of their pain. It's a picture of their loss. It's a picture of their disappointment. Why? Because they have no harvest. They have no fruitfulness. They have no results. They're now disappointed with disappointed expectations. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody? Does anybody in this room online, does anybody have disappointed expectations? It's a picture of disappointed expectations. Question for all those in this room today, those that are online, has life really worked out the way you really thought it was going to work out? Hello. That's the reason why your mouth goes like this instead of like this. I never got it. They said it's easier to smile. I don't believe that for nothing. It takes work to smile. We've all faced these places of unmet expectation, disappointed expectation, and that's what the prophet here is declaring. He's depicting a picture of God's people in the midst of tragedy. No harvest, no fruitfulness, no results. But notice what these people do, because it's what you need to do. Notice the next verse, verse 18. Yet I will quit church, be sad, take drugs, and have another drink. I wish I could get somebody excited here at church today. I wish I would get somebody to help me preach here today. Well, what did they do in their disappointment? They said, yet... I will have what? I will what? Have joy in the Lord, and I'll be glad in the God who 
saves me. I'm not going to get depressed over my mess. I'm not going to get discouraged over my mess. I'm not going to quit over the failure. Yet I will have joy in my God. Why? Because if you're going to have victory in your life, you're going to have to choose the joy way. So many people are just adjusting to the situation and the failures and the circumstances in their lives. Let me read this out of the King James Version. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. We may come back to this, but let me just finish up this, this thought and this, this, this whole idea of victory. Here they have is unwanted situations and circumstances, disappointed circumstances. It, it, life did not work out. There, it, nothing's fruitful. Nothing's happening in their life. And they say, well, you know what? We're not going to get discouraged with the discouragement. We're not going to get depressed with the depression. We're not going. <laughs> Church, you don't have to sign up for sickness and disease. You don't have to sign up for recession. You don't have to sign up for lack. Yet I will joy. Notice what I said. Yet I will joy or rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Notice they didn't say the God of heaven. And this is the revelation you need to get here. They didn't say I will rejoice, I will joy in the God of heaven. They said the God of my salvation, which means a total different thing. The word salvation means healing, deliverance, and victory. Here's what they said. I'm going to attach my joy to the understanding and revelation that I know that I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that victory Come on, I know that if I'll connect my joy to him, that he'll bring victory into my life. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to get depressed with the mess. I'm going to joy in God. Why? Because I know he's a deliverer. I know he's a healer. I know that he's a redeemer. I know he'll bring success and victory in my life. He can fix the mess. Talking about your mess is not going to fix your mess, but joy in the one that can fix it is going to deliver you in the victory of Almighty God. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. In fact, that's exactly what happened if you read on. Read your Bible. The Bible says that God caused them to become sure-footed like a deer and all of a sudden caused them to ride on the high places of the earth. Why? Because they refused to get depressed with their depression. They refused to opt in to recession. They refused to yield to the to the fruitful, the, 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 the tragedies and the pains and the hurts of their day. They said, no, 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 no. We, we, know, we know who can fix this. We know who can deliver us. We know who can give us victory. And I'm going to put my joy in the one that can fix it. Let me read the message translation of that last verse that, that, that says this. I think it's awesome. He says, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Counting on God's rule. This is what they're saying. Counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. Notice this. I feel like I'm king of the mountain. They became king of the mountain. And you'll become king of the mountain in your life if you'll begin to allow joy 
come on your life and in your life and through this life. Why is joy so important? Because it determines your strength, it determines your health, and it determines your victory and your success. The Bible says that it is with a joy, it is with joy that you, you go down into the wells of salvation. Salvation is deliverance, salvation is healing. Salvation is victory. Salvation is everything that God has. The Bible says it is with joy that you go down into those wells and pull that up into your life. If you don't believe me, let's read it. Isaiah 12, 3 says, Joyfully you'll pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. Everything that you need. Salvation is encompassed in that word. Your healing, deliverance, victory. Everything that you need in life that God provides comes through salvation. And how do you get that salvation? Not a cheap prayer. It's by joy. Sadness doesn't get it. Discouragement doesn't get it. Depression doesn't get it. Talking about your problems don't get it. That's the reason why I say, yet I will rejoice in the one that can fix my issue. It's joy that receives from the hand of God, not discouragement. It's the reason why God says, I've got to make a big exchange in your life. Before you can rebuild your communities and city, I've got to exchange what? Not only beauty for ashes, but I've got to give you some oil of joy for that sorrow and for that mourning in your life. If you're ready to receive it, I'm here to tell you, God's ready to pour it out in your life. You might be here today and say, well, wow. That sounds good, but how do I get it? <laughs> Come back next week. Come back the week after. But I, I want to show you a verse because I, I, some of you, I, you're, you're, you're almost like mini courts low and you're, you're getting ready to freeze up. Let, let me show you one quick way to activate it in your life. It's the same way Jesus activated it in his life. Did you know that Jesus operated with the oil of joy? He did not do ministry in life without it. Notice in Psalms 45, 7, this is a messianic prophecy concerning Jesus. In the same way that Jesus was anointed is the same way you get anointed. And the same way Jesus got the oil of joy operating in his life is the same way you get the oil of joy operating in your life. Psalms 45, 7 says this, you love righteousness, this is talking about Jesus, and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. This is speaking of Jesus. This is crazy. Jesus did what he did in the earth because of the oil of joy. And the Bible prophesied in Psalms before Jesus ever came to the earth, before he ever did, prophesied how he would do his earthly ministry. And the Bible says that Jesus was anointed above all others why? Because he loved righteousness and he hated wickedness. You got to love what God loves and you got to hate what God hates. And when you love what God loves and you hate what God hates, then there is an anointing being poured out, rubbed on, and smeared in to your life. But we, we have a modern day church that's calling evil good and good evil. And then we're, under, we're, we're, we're wondering why we're all depressed and discouraged. Because you and I don't make the rules. 
He's the righteous God. He is the righteous God, and he's smarter than all of us. And the reason why Jesus in his earthly ministry had the oil of joy above all others, the Bible says, is because he loved righteousness and he hated evil. Do you love righteousness? Do you love God's ways? Are you passionate about God's ways? Are you, are you obedient to do God's ways? Because of your love, because of your devotion, because of your passion, because of your passion for righteousness, the reward of all of that is that God anoints you with the oil of joy. And that oil of joy sets you apart from all others. The way Jesus got anointed with the oil of joy is the same way you get anointed with the oil of joy. And if you want the oil of joy, just start loving what God loves. Well, what does God love? Get you one of these. Start reading it. Get get, Get in the book. Whatever God loves, that's what I love. Whatever God loves. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Love what God loves. And all of a sudden, the oil of joy will begin to anoint your life. And it'll separate you from the crowd. It'll separate you from the crowd. You'll be healthy and you'll be strong. And you'll see victory in your life. That's one way of getting anointed by the oil of joy. Does anybody know a few other ways? The Bible says in his presence, would you stand to your feet? Nobody leaving. In his presence. We're going to stop with this because we can all activate this one. I want to make sure we, 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 we understand that. To, to love what God loves means that you're just passionately in love with God's ways. We live in such a society where people can kind of take what God says or leave what God says. Yeah, I know he says to be faithful to church, but yeah, you know, if I have something else, I'll just do that. Smile, you're here. And then we wonder why our our garage door isn't going up, why it's hanging up, why it's grinding, why it's it's squilling. God hates strife. The Bible teaches that strife is a manifestation of the devil himself, yet believers operate in strife. And then we wonder why we're sad. The Bible teaches that we operate in love and walk in love, prefer other people above ourselves. But we're in it for ourselves. We talk trash on social media. And then we wonder why our garage doors aren't working. We wonder why sickness and disease is as much in the church as it is in the world. You, you, can't, you can't lie and cheat and steal and expect to have oil in your life. You've got to love what God loves and hates what God hates. You've got to be a believer of who God is. You've got to get devoted to the righteousness. You've got to get compelled to do it God's way. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when you do that, there is an anointing being poured out, rubbed on and smeared in. You want the oil in your life? Begin to get passionate about the things of God. And come on, I'm hitting it right now. Get passionate. Get devoted. You're not in charge. God is in charge. And whatever God says, that's what you're going to line your life to. And you're going to be obedient that word. Passionate devotion. It's hard to find 
passionate devotion in the church. We have to so water down the church to appeal to people just to get them to come and sit for an hour on a Sunday, hoping they'll give some money so we can keep opening the doors. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Kick his rear end out of this church right now. We ain't compromising. We ain't no lukewarm church. Come on, we're believing. We're, we're passionate, devoted Christians that's willing to pick up our cross and follow him. Come on, any radicals in the house? Any radicals in the house? So, so, so that's an oil, right? Oh, Jesus. The Bible says that's the reason why this moment is so important. I, I wouldn't walk out of this moment. Just give me, give me five more minutes, guys. I'm not as long as Jason was last week. Please, please. It was for Jason to hear. The Bible says in his presence. Why are we here today? Because we make up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do this by yourself. You can worship and praise, but there's something else. There's a greater anointing that happens when the church comes together. And the Bible says in his presence is what? Isn't it funny as you begin to worship God how the garage door begins to work better? <laughs> the marriage begins to work better. The kids begin to act better. Life begins to go better. All you need is just somebody to begin to just, get ready, Tom, we're going to do something. All you need is, a, is somebody to begin, to begin to lead in where I heard it earlier. Just go back and sing that song you sang earlier, like six feet under, 20 feet under, 30 feet, whatever that song was. Because you're coming up. I say you're coming up. Just start singing that talk. Just start singing that. Thought I deserve. Come on, lift your hands. To be six feet beneath yeah, the that's earth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. For all the things I've done, things I've said. See, we're said, coming up. There's an anointing. There's an oil. It's been poured out. Rubbed on. Oh, I would still be You can't be live lost. life without this. You can't do life without this. But you were created to be anointed God. with the oil of joy. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome His goodness and mercy, power oh, yes, of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based oh, yeah. on what I've done, but it's goodness and mercy, power of the blood. Hear, hear this today. Joy is activated in the presence of God. Put that verse up there, Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. When you learn to live in God's presence, you will have the fullness of joy. When you have a lifestyle that acknowledges God, that's aware of God, that lives for God, when you live like God exists in your life and that He's the most important thing in your life, He's not just 
you know, an afterthought. He's not just something you do on a Sunday for an hour, but He is your life. When you make your life about the presence, you're going to be full of joy. We not only do it here, but we do it at work. We do it at home. We do it in our car. Come on. In His presence is fullness of joy. I was practicing this this last week. <laughs> oh, I need this. Oh, I know you're all Jesus' cousins and your life's all great. But oh, how I needed this message. And the reason why I knew I needed it because I wanted to flip everybody off that was flipping me off this last week. I'm acting just like the world. For whatever reason, people love to flip me off when I drive. I don't know. They say, oh, that's that pastor going down the road again. Or if I'm running off, the, I don't know what's going on. But I got in this joy thing, and I was shocked with myself. They're flipping me off, and you know what I'm doing? I'm just worshiping. I'm oblivious to what they're doing. I'm here to tell you, how do you know if you're full of joy? That stuff doesn't affect your life anymore. They can say what they say, but it don't matter. Come on, we're going higher. We're going higher. I want to close because I, 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 I've got to be very intentional about what I'm getting ready to do. I feel like God told me to do this part. But some of you need to, I, I feel like I'm prophesying right now. Some of you, you've been dry long enough. You need some oil. I said, some of you, you've been dry, long, spiritually dry, and you need, you need some Holy Spirit oil in your life. Hear me today. Hear me today. I declare to you today that your sorrow has come to an end. For those that are received, those watching online, I declare today over your life that your sorrow has come to an end. It reminds me of the verse in Psalms 35, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Somebody shout, joy comes in the morning. Can I say this? Can I, can I say, because I think this is important because I need to make sure I'm connecting dots. It's human to weep. It is human to feel sorrow. It is human to encounter tragedy and despair. But it was never God's plan for you to get stuck in your human. It was never God's plan for you to get stuck in your sorrow. It was never God's plan for you to get stuck in your disappointment. God's plan is that that night must give way to the morning. There is joy in the morning. Somebody shout over the joy in the morning. Can I tell you, I've got to say this. God's today and God's tomorrow's are God's gift to you to fix your yesterdays. That's the reason why he says, I show up with mercy, new every. And the Bible says, I give you joy in, because I don't want you stuck in your night hour all your life. God doesn't want you depressed. He doesn't want you sad. It may last for a night, but God says, come on out of that. I've got some joy. I've got some mercy. And the morning, and the morning is, the morning, what does the morning represent? It represents a new, and the new day and your tomorrows is God's gift 
for you to make sense out of all the failure and the pain of your yesterday. Your tomorrows are better than your yesterdays. Your today is getting better and brighter. The path of the righteous gets better and brighter and stronger. And as you stand in this place today, I declare that your night season is over. I, I want to declare these as God gave them to me, but I want you to act like you really receive it. Online, you need to almost throw your computer across the way. I mean, you get so excited. I declare over you that your night season is over. All right, all right. I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to go home. If you're not going to get more excited than that, after I sweat up here for an hour and spent weeks in preparation, praying and saying, God, how do I get this into the people? If you're going to act that casual about it, I'm here to tell you, you're not going to get the joy like I'm preaching. Come on, you're going to have to get radical. Yet I will joy. Yet I will joy. Do, do you know? Do you know we were very intentional in naming this church? I said, I said, babe, we need to have a name. She says, I have the name for the church. This needs to be called celebration because we're not a depressed church. We're not a sad church. Come on, we need to act like we're a. I declare over you that your night season is over. I declare that sorrow is being replaced with the joy of joy. I declare that grief and sadness is being replaced with the oil of joy. I declare that disappointment and depression is being replaced with the oil of joy. I declare that strength and vitality is coming into your life. I declare that healing and health is coming into your life, into your family. I declare that God's salvation and all that it offers is showing up in your life. I declare that victory and success is showing up in your family and in your life. I declare that increase and blessing is showing up in your life. I declare that the oil of joy is turning things around in your life. Celebration, family of celebration, those in the room online, I declare that you are anointed with the oil of joy in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout. I just don't know if we're going to we're going to get around to it. But, I, but oh, we're going to sing some. Some of you are like, oh. Some of you are waiting for something to hit you. You don't, you, 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 you. Some of you are waiting for you to feel something. That's not Bible. The Bible says you sing for joy. You dance for joy. You shout for joy. Come on. There, there's no way in the Bible that the Bible says just sit there and act like a frog on the log. And they get to, no. One of the ways that joy is expressed is through singing, dancing, shouting, 
Come on. But, but not only is that a way it's expressed, but it also comes or it gets poured out through shouting. That's the reason why you say, why does he always have a shout? You need some oil. You're dry. You're grinding. You're squealing. You're stuck. Oh, somebody shout. Somebody shout. Bible says you want you want joy start rejoicing you want joy start dancing you want joy start laughing when's the last time you just laughed ha 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 well you'll start off like that and all of a sudden it'll get funny to you ha 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 I remember doing that because I thought all this stuff was a bunch of garbage and I remember doing it In Bible school, God transformed our lives. We didn't realize how dry we were. And I said, God, I don't want anything that's not of you. And the next thing I knew was I was waking up, laughing my head off, experiencing the joy of the Lord like I had never experienced. The Bible says you'll laugh for joy, you'll rejoice for joy, you'll sing for joy, you'll shout for joy. You'll express joy that way, and you'll activate joy that way. How many of you need healing in your body? I just gave you the answer today. How many of you need strength in your body? I gave you the answer to you today. How many of you need success and victory? Come on. I gave you the answer today. Come, body, worship him. That sounds good to me.
We used to sing a song like that, but we can leave it. I want you to keep doing that, okay? Just a second. Here's what we're going to do because, because we're going to wrap this thing up, and I'm going to let you go if you need to go, but we're going to close with taking communion and giving offerings and going crazy. We're, we're going to sing for joy. We're going to rejoice for joy. We're going to dance for joy. We're going to leap with whatever it takes because I need some health. I need some strength. Come on, I need some success. I need some victory. I believe the next five, ten minutes of your life can be just a game changer for you. But here's what I need to, to say before we do that. I just want to say thank you for the people that, that bring their tithes and their offering every week. We're believing God in this church, and it is you that makes it possible for this gospel to reach out into this community. Makes it possible for us to do what we're doing here this morning. Makes it possible for us in our 60 churches over in the Philippines. It makes it possible for us to move forward and get stronger. And I want to say thank you for the tithers and the givers. For all those online that watch us, thank you for continuing to support what God is doing here in celebration. How do I get joy? Love righteousness. Love righteousness. What does that mean? Do what God says to do. Do you know God says to honor Him with your money? with your resources. So I'm going to allow you to do that as we close out this service. And we're just going to pick up in the weeks ahead, pick up in this vein. We got a, we got a garment of praise for the Spirit with other things that got going on. But I just want to, I want to open up the, the altars and we're going to worship. We've got communion up here. Take communion. See if I'm covering it all. Bring your tithes, your offerings. For you that have your phones, you can do it on your phones, your app. I'm just trying to say, celebration, we need you to give. Rambling. Let me just make it sense. We need you to give. Thank you for your giving. Online, we need you to give. Thank you for your giving. The Bible teaches us that this is proper and good, and it's the way we honor God. And I bless you today. I declare strength is coming into your life. Amen. You receive this word today? Come on, you receive this word today? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 